Somebody shout hallelujah. Beloved, we are welcome to Publica Phonesis, episode 4 of season 1. We have concluded the review of the true notes by being judged in this episode. You will recall that we have started with the remit and we have looked at topics such as motive track. We are closing this episode with uh, an overarching topic called moral compass because without it, it's difficult for us to become authentic leaders. Today, leaders struggle to get the best from their teams and the led also fail to get the best from their leaders. So it's important for us to, to understand the misalignment in expectations and how to overcome it. So what makes more what makes authentic leaders effective? What do authentic leaders do? What are the dimensions that make them authentic? And what are the styles that link to different power? And how should we use power in relation to different styles? Those are some of the things we have to look at. We are looking at today. How do you know what leadership style fits you best if you're a leader in the household of faith, whether you're a worker or you're a minister? Many organizations work hard to get leaders to embrace, for the sake of argument, Jesus' style of leadership, servant leadership, through training and other things, through coaching and mentoring. Yet we are not seeing such a leadership style coming through. If one was to simply copy or emulate someone else's style, the lack of authenticity will show clearly and people will begin to doubt if the, if the person is an authentic leader. So it's important for us to understand how to use power effectively in our relationship and where we have influence. Why? Because our leadership style conveys our sense of power and our power reflects our leadership style. For example, we have five leadership styles. Directive leaders, we have coaching leaders, consensus leaders, affiliative leaders, and expert leaders. The one that is really not wanted in, 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 in Christendom is directive leaders, which create dependent relationship with their subordinate, wherein the subordinate does docilely obey command and respond to their demands, the demands of the leaders. Coaching leaders, uh, on the other hand, create interdependent relationship between the, lead, the, the leaders and the lead. Consensus leaders use their power wisely to reach agreement without hurting the feelings of others or isolating them because of their divergent views. Afflative leaders are embraced by others for their highly empath- empathic relationship, meaning they have empathy in how they carry out their leadership role in, in the church or in other military outreach activities. Expert leaders, on the other hand, believe knowledge is power and they have the right to flaunt it and they have to show everyone that they are right and efficient at all times. So, to have to in creating dependent, dependent relationship, leaders must recognize that their, tea, their teammates the people they are leading, we rely entirely on their direction and their decisions. And when they are not there, the wolf can come and the sheep will scatter. It is not the best at all. And when you are in independent relationship, it's really, really difficult to have harmony in or share vision. So it is that's why it's important as leaders for us to do all we can to ensure we promote interdependent relationship through coaching, consensus, and affiliated leadership style because we are able to share power with our teammates and bring out the best qualities in others as well as ourselves.
we are able to create better decisions and greater commitment in ensuring success in the assignment the Almighty God has given unto us. So the bottom line for every one of us is to optimize our effectiveness in order to achieve superior outcome. Authentic leaders are more effective at doing this because they have clear sense of their moral compass. That's what makes them authentic. They have clear sense of their moral compass. They have clear sense of their true nuts. And they are very explicit in their commitment to building people. Because when we build people, the flock make up the church of God. So by developing an authentic leadership style, we can get the best from our teammates and from our organization that we are we are leading. You know, authentic leaders have duties to others. That's why they are authentic leaders. They have duty to do justice, they have duty to show kindness, and they have duty to be patient to their followers. Justice involves respect for others, ensuring that we refrain from causing emotional or physical injury to anyone, ensuring that we project honor, truthfulness in word and deed, speaking the truth in love, ensuring we have just judgment, avoiding any form of intolerance among the team. When it comes to kindness, authentic leaders ensure that they show goodness. People can see it, not because they see it, but they can see it in action. Embracing empathy and sympathy. Service. Service, like Jesus Christ have asked us to do. Ensuring that we meet the emotional and physical needs as much as we can of people that are around us. Administering comfort and, of course, engaging in giving without expecting anything back in return. And patience. All these are part of the fruit of the Spirit. Authentic leaders must do this in order to project what Christ expects of us. Of course, discipline is important to do this as well. Jesus Christ prepared every one of us when we look at Luke 4, Luke chapter 4. He prepared us and he showed us that the first person that we must lead is ourselves. So we must discipline ourselves in order to show authenticity when we are leading others. We have to remind ourselves, beloved, that the most persistent barrier to leading like Jesus is the heart motivated by self-interest. In one sense, we all enter this world with self-focus. But as we grow and we mature, we realize that li- life is about what you give rather than what you get out of it. In Philippians 2, 1-4, Apostle 4 encourages us and urges us to look out for others' interests, not our own interests. We can't be looking out for our own interests when we say we are leading, especially in the church. Apostle Paul says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, be in one spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Can our followers see us as looking out for them? A heart motivated by self-interest look at the world as a give little take a lot place. That is their own proposition. People with art motivated by self-interest put their own agenda, safety, status, or protection, or gratification ahead of that of those affected by their thought and action, or even ahead of their organization where that they are employed or the, where they are ministering. For example, cutting people off, alright, in, 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 in where they are supposed to benefit, or punishing those who disagree with you or challenge your position and exploiting the weaknesses and fears of others to get what you want are actions that come from self-motivated 
act. That is a moral compass that is deficit that we impact negatively on our authenticity as, as leaders. Beloved, that is why it's important that we continually reflect and check ourselves as the Bible of Acts us. When we compare a self-serving leader versus a servant leader who is supposed to be authentic, we wouldn't begin to really consider the issues of the act leading ourselves. The primary question you, we should continue to ask ourselves is, am I a servant leader or a self-serving leader? It is a question that when answered with brutal honesty, we go to the core of our intention or motivation as a leader. And one of the quickest ways we can tell the difference between a servant leader and a self-serving leader is how they handle feedback. How do you handle feedback? Because one of the biggest fears that self-serving leaders have is the fear of losing their position or losing face. Self-serving leaders spend most of their time protecting their status or their tough. If you give them feedback, how do they usually respond? Do they respond aggressively? Or do you, as a leader, respond aggressively? Or you respond negatively? They think your feedback means that you don't want their leadership anymore. Those are self-serving leaders. So, servant leaders, however, look at leadership as an act of service because that is what it is. That's what Jesus has asked us to do. They embrace and welcome feedback as a source of useful information on how they can provide better service in the spirit of continuous improvement. Another way to tell a self-serving from a servant leader is how they approach succession planning, and this is very common in. In, 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 in developing countries. Self-serving leaders who are addicted to power, recognition, and who are afraid of loss of position are not likely to spend any time or effort in training their replacement. And they forget that, that saying that there cannot be a true success without a successor. So, beloved, when we reflect on the dynamics, the linkage between self-serving leader and servant leader, we will begin to think about some proverbs. So, our wisdom quotes, we have three or four wisdom quotes for this episode. The first one is taken from Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 to 21. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 to 21 which says, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good. Th- those are self-serving leaders. And good is evil. That dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. These are attributes of self-serving leaders. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes. I think they seem so clever. They are hypocrite but they are the first person to call others hypocrite. That is what we find in Isaiah 5, 20-21. These are attributes of self-serving leaders. These are attributes of self-serving leaders. Another quote that we should we have for this episode is Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12. That says, There's a way that appears to be right, but the end it leads to death. Self-serving leaders need to really reflect upon. They might think they have the ace, but the Almighty have the final say, and his cancer shall always stand. That is why Proverbs 11.3, we must take it to heart. It says, Honesty guides good people, regardless of the difficulty they might face. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. It's a fact, and it does happen. So we must really reflect if we are self-serving leaders or we are servant leaders. Our final, last reason quote for this episode is from Proverbs 12, 1 to 2. Proverbs 12, 1 to 2. That says, Whosoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whosoever hates correction is stupid. Good people obtain favor from the Lord, but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. It is not the, the lead that we condemn, it is the Lord himself. If you are a schemer, you are a self-serving leader. It's better to change today. We love biblical phronesis for this episode informs us that a sense of moral compass makes an authentic leader effective. That is the gospel truth. And authentic leaders bring people together like Jesus did. 
the, the dimensions of authentic leaders involve leading from the heart so that you can endanger lasting relationships, having interdependent relationships, and demonstrating self-discipline. Authentic leaders bring out the best in people by empowering them. The leadership style for en- authentic leaders come from the need to build consensus, the need to be affiliated, the need to coach others, not to lord it over our peers. All these are quite difficult for a natural man, but with Jesus in us, there's nothing that we cannot do. So let us pray. Let's say, Father, Almighty God, please help me not to be wise in my own eyes. Help me to build consensus wherever I find myself. Let me never call evil good and call good evil. Lord, help me. Do not allow situations and circumstances to let me to call darkness light and light darkness. Father, help me. Assist me because I want to be an authentic leader. Let the integrity of the upright guide me always. Do not allow treachery to destroy me and people around me. In the mighty name of Jesus, I don't want to be a self-serving leader. I want to be a servant leader. Lord Almighty, assist me. Remove the will of the dead or destruction from my path. Let me not take any wrong paths that will lead to destruction. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, let me obtain favor from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, do not let me to form into any form of condemnation. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I'll help us by your grace and mercy, O Lord. Let our moral compass be upright. Let it be acceptable before you, King of glory. In Jesus' most precious name, we have prayed. And so, beloved, if you are blessed with this episode, we urge you to spread the message as you apply biblical phrases, practical wisdom in your daily life. Please join us at the RCCG Restoration House Blue Fountain, either online or in your contact sessions in Bloom Fountain, South Africa. Please do not hesitate to send comments and questions to us via our platforms and also through our emails. Remain blessed until we come to you in the next episode. God bless you.